Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. things up front. I want to say, man, Kevin was right. So, so good to see some of your faces we haven't seen in a while. Good to have everybody back. Kind of fun today. So we had communion for the first time in a long time today. Our kids are back for the first time in a long time today. We have a coffee break again today. Uh, so I, it's just exciting. I feel a little bit like it's normal church again. I'm, I'm enjoying this a bunch. I got to say this too. I'm going to, it's a, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, you know, I, I know of a lot of larger churches that have an in-house worship leader and then they, they pay professional musicians to come in and fill out the team. And I just want to say, I'll take our team over those guys any day, every day, all day. Great, great, great set today, you guys. You're good, man. You are good. So um, last Sunday, how many of you guys either, were either here or listened to last Sunday's message? Okay, so last Sunday, at the end of service, I walk over to give Tucker a hug and, and tell him good job, and it, the, he says to me, am I in trouble? And, and he says that a lot after he preaches, am I in trouble? Um, you, you know, and that's because he, he ruffles the feathers a little bit. And, and, and he, and he says stuff that challenges people. And, and I said, no, it's good. I, I like it when you do that because then everybody likes me better. Um, no, I'm joking about that, but actually I, I do. I appreciate Tuck's passion. He has a passion for us to be the best we can be. And I love that. Um, and I want to follow up a little bit on something that he talked about last week and, and that it relates to ageism. In our church, um, we, we do have a diversity of age in our church. Uh, I was texting back and forth with, with Gary earlier this week and, you, you know, there's, uh, Gary and Judy and me, and then Donna's kind of a subcategory. She's a little lower, but there's, we're the only old folks really, except my mom. My, my mom is, is here, you know, but then there's just a few of us oldies. Um, but then from there, we do have, I love it this morning, it's fun. We've got some, some youngsters here, some teens and pre-teens. I love seeing that. That's always a blessing. We had a, but we had a, a huge group of teenagers a few years ago, and then they all grew up, and now they're all in their 20s. And so I love that. But we have 20s, and we've got singles, and 30s, and families, and 40s, and 50s. And personally, for me, I love that. I love that. I love 
diversity in the body of Christ. I, I wish, my, one of my biggest prayers is that we would have more ethnic diversity in our church. And you can pray with me for that. But I love that we have the age di- diversity in our church that we have. And, and what I love m- most, more than anything else, is that th- this is a personal value for me. And I'll share, I'm going to share a little bit about my own history and why it's a value for me. But, but I value a church where anyone, regardless of age, can contribute. Um, when I was uh, 20, I think, probably 20 years old, and, and, and look, I was a little rough around the edges. Uh, I was a long-haired, bearded hippie. And um, John Wimber came to me. Uh, at the Vineyard Anaheim, and he put me in charge of the prayer time at the end of the evening service. So we have ministry time at the end of Sunday night. A couple things you need to know. One is that Anaheim at that time was, was really becoming very, very well known as sort of where ministry was happening. So in the morning was like our church, and then in the evening... It's the opposite of most churches because our evening population would almost double, be almost twice as many people at night as in the morning because a lot of folks from other churches would come to visit to witness ministry time, to be a part of ministry time. So it was not unusual at the end of service to have, uh, realistically speaking, somewhere between two and 300 people come for prayer. So you've got two or 300 people wanting prayer and four or 500 people there to pray for them. Um, So so it was a little chaotic. So John, I'm 20 years old, puts me in charge of that. Now, what what you also need to know is, first of all, we were meeting in a high school gymnasium. I don't know if you've you've ever been to a high school basketball game. Loud in there. Very, very loud. Uh, Sound carries and it bounces off the walls and it was hard to hear. So, So that was... Uh, a hindrance. That made my job a little harder. I'm trying to make sure people are paired up and, and all that. Second thing was, as, as I mentioned, sheer volume of people, just trying to make sure that everybody had somebody to pray with. That, that was chaotic. On top of all that, and if you want to go to the next slide there for me, Naomi, uh, I don't know if you guys know who that is. There's a guy named Lonnie Frisbee was sort of this crazy prophetic person. And he would be running around the ministry room shouting. He goes, you, you over there with the green sweater, lady with the green sweater, the Holy Spirit's on you. <laughs> and so I'm trying to administrate ministry in the middle of all this. Um, and, and yet John had full confidence that <laughs> I could do it. I didn't get he wanted anybody but him to do it. Um, it's always been a high value to me. That, that everyone can make a contribution. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably embarrass a few people today. I'm just gonna let you know that up front. Okay? But in the, in the past few years, two, three years, I've had a couple of conversations with, with people that indicated to me that not everyone thinks the way I think or the way that we think about this. The first one was, um, Shortly after my book came out, uh, the publisher set up a number of radio interviews for me. So I was talking to people on the radio 
in different parts of the country. Some of these uh, interviews were like at five in the morning because they were in the east somewhere. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm on the radio talking to this guy. And he says, tell me a little bit about your church. So I tell him about our church. I'm just kind of talking about it. And in the context of just talking about our church, I made the statement that, you know, our associate pastor is 27 years old. And then I went on and, and talked about some other stuff. And then when I stopped talking, he didn't ask another question. It was just quiet. And we're on the radio. And I, so finally I interrupted. I go, hey, is, is there anything else? And he goes, no, man. He goes, you had me at your associate pastor's 27. And I realized that that was kind of shocking to him. The other conversation I had was at a Vineyard Area pastors meeting here in our area, a little closer to home. And I remember this very, very clearly because it was the week after Tucker and Zoe's wedding. And most of our worship team was involved in the wedding in some capacity or another. So we had a little bit of a skeleton crew for worship that morning. And it happened to be the very first Sunday that Mercy led by herself. Now I'm going to cry. So Merce had, uh, I think, Cole led a song with Zoe and maybe done one song in the set, but she never led by herself. And so that morning... Mercy's leading, and you know, I remember sitting right where Brogan and Elsa are sitting, and, and I just sat there and cried the whole time, because I, I was so blessed by her heart and her willingness to step out. So that week, I was sharing about that at this, at this pastor's meeting, and one of the vineyard area pastors in our area, and I won't tell you who it is, because you know him, he looks at, I, I, t- I said we had this 17-year-old leading worship, and, and, he, and he says, how do you do that? And I didn't understand the question. And I said, how do you do what? And he said, how, how, how do you have a 17-year-old lead worship? And I, I was befuddled. I, my, my only response was, how do you not? So I just share those things to say this. Let's, I'm proud of you guys. I love our church. Let's work together to work together. Uh, Let's commit to being diverse and unified in our diversity. Let's, I'm going to challenge, I'll throw on the gauntlet today. I'm going to challenge all of you to make efforts to reach out to other people that you don't know and that are of different uh, age group than you. And if you're older and I'm going to let you determine if you're older or younger, I'm not going to put a line in the middle. You decide. But if you're older, reach out to some of the younger people and just check in. How you doing? What's going on? And if you're younger, reach out to the older people and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about this in my life. How do you do that? Let's, let's, let's work together on those things. I'm also going to throw out a little bit of a challenge. And that is that uh, you, you saw the uh, announcements this morning. We have a little prayer meeting every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. It's up in the office and it's freezing in there because... The heat's off, and we turn it's electric heaters. We turn on, we get there. So Emmy and Cindy come in with their blankies, and, and Doug comes in with his furry cap on. We're all we're huddling together. We're huddling together for warmth, you know. And um, but here's it: there's a faithful five. There's five of us that are there every week, and we're all over forty. 
So, so I'm just going to challenge some of you that are under 40. Just join us sometime. You don't have to be there every week, once a month, once in a while, once. Just show up. But I'm just going to come and join us and pray with us. It's fun. We have a lot of fun. We pray for everything. We pray for you guys. We pray for each other. We pray for the church at large. We pray for the world. We pray for uh, riots in downtown Portland. We pray for people starving in India. We pray for everything. We just pray for whatever God puts on our heart that day. All right. That was, that's all. We haven't started yet. No, we're good. We're good. Uh, I'm going to continue in Ephesians chapter 4 today. The uh, series is Living a Life of Love, the book of Ephesians. I want to look at seven verses this morning, verses 7 through 13. But the, the context of this passage is spiritual warfare. You need to keep that in mind. The context is spiritual warfare. Um, Paul talks here about, it's, it's a weird passage. Jesus is ascending and descending, and he's giving gifts, and he's taking captives. It's a bit confusing. I'm going to try to make sense of it. But just just keep in mind that the context really is spiritual warfare. So let's pray, and then we'll we will uh, read it together and dive in. Jesus, thanks for our church. I, I thank you for uh, the opportunity to serve our community and just hand out coffee and share your love in a practical way. I thank you for those here that contribute in a variety of different ways. I thank you for uh, who are probably my grandchildren screaming in that room right now. Um, bless you. We we love you, and and uh, we're we're just just happy to be here with you today. Amen. Quiet. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Um, let's read the passage. Go ahead. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Parentheses, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? One more. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen. So there, there are gifts given to people to fight in this battle. So again, the context is warfare. So think of it this way. I want you to think of the gifts this morning as equipment. So when you enlist in the military, you go to some place, uh, you know, boot camp or whatever they call it, I don't know, basic training, and you get training, right? You get equipping, but you also get equipment. They give you some stuff to use in the war. And so the gifts of the Spirit and the gifts mentioned in the passage are like the equipment that we get to fight this battle. The goal being that we would be prepared, that we would be equipped, that we would be built up uh, so that we would be a strong, mature church and look more like Jesus. That's really the goal. The nature of spiritual warfare is such there's offensive and defensive, uh, you know, kind of dynamics to warfare. But the stronger we get, the more we look like Jesus, the, the better off we are in the context of the battle. We win the battle sometimes not by being offensive, but by being more, simply being more like Jesus. But first, before any of that can happen, what Paul's saying is Jesus has to rescue the troops. 
He, he dies on the cross and he said he, he descends down into the enemy's camp. He goes into the enemy's camp. I don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> he descends down into the enemy's camp and, and he takes back those things that rightfully belong to him. They're his, the enemy's held him, and now he takes them back. And, and, he, and, he, and he releases them and he divides the spoils up among his people. And he gives, gives these people now gifts to empower the church to do what we're supposed to do, which, which is really carry on the work of Jesus to be more like him. He gives us gifts to do that. Now, all the, all the different lists of the gifts in, in the New Testament, whether Corinthians or I think there's one in Peter and I don't know, maybe one in Galatians or something. There's several lists of gifts. They're all for the same purpose. They're all for the building up of the body. And they all work in conjunction with one another. Now, each person has a different gift. The gifts are all different, but they're all for the same purpose. They're all, all the gifts are different, but they're all for the same purpose. Together, the gifts work together. We need all of them. They build up the body. They make us stronger, and they push back against the kingdom of darkness. Amen? All right, good. Say amen. All right, you guys are good. Um, so, point being this whether it's hospitality, kindness, generosity, prophecy, healing, it doesn't matter. Whatever gift you have, they, they work together to form a, a mature body. We, we need all of them. We need all of them. Uh, Colossians 2.15 says this. Go to the next slide. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Notice... He says he disarmed the powers and authorities, but he didn't destroy them. So he tore down their power, but they're, they're, they're not destroyed. We still fight the battle. Now, this is a little theological. So I want you to think with me. Bear, just just, just let, you know, hang on. So, so the weapons that the enemy has that he uses against us is our own sin. That's what the enemy uses against us. Uh, and then Jesus took our sin. So here's what happens. The enemy comes, you, you, we, we gonna, we're going to minister, you're going to pray for somebody or do whatever, and, and the, the enemy comes, he says, oh, wh who do you think you are to do that? You, you're, not, you're not qualified to do that. You, you're full of sin. You're just a sinner. You have lust, and you, you, what about that a little addiction problem that you have? Yeah, what about that? What about all those those bad judgmental thoughts you think all the time? How how can you pray for somebody? And when the enemy says that to us, we can look him in the eye and say, "Nope, that's not me. That's not who I am. Maybe I was like that before, but Jesus took that, and and I'm different than that now." Now, the, the, okay, so let me clarify a couple things. The, the context here, uh, the, we talk about gifts. There's gifts, ministries, and roles, and they all flow together. So if, and here's why when it says God gave the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, how, how that fits in with what I'm talking about as gifts. So, for example, the gift of prophecy. If someone has the gift of prophecy, and they use that gift in the context of our church, over time, that becomes their ministry. Because 
Doug's not here. Doug hasn't been with us in a while. But historically, those of you that know Doug, when Doug would stand up and give a word, almost everybody would listen. Because you know that, that Doug has the gift of prophecy. So what happened over time is that gift became a ministry. He has the ministry of prophecy in our church. And that ministry becomes actually his role. Doug is a prophetic person in the life of the church. So you understand how the, the roles grow out of the ministries which grow, grow out of the gifts. Now, I want to I make two points about gifts today. Both of those points are to this end. They confront the idea that the gifts are somehow secondary, that they're optional. It's like if you want to have a gift, great. If not, that's okay too. Or maybe even you've been on the other side of the coin and kind of felt like left out, like I have no gift. The gifts are not secondary and they're not optional. So first point is this, next slide, everybody has a gift. Everyone has a gift. All right, verse 7 says, to each one, so all are included. Every, each one is each one. They're all included. I'm aware that in the church today, currently this day, 2021, there, there, there are times and places and, and uh, where only the, quote, professionals do the ministry. I, I've been in churches, personally, where very much like we would do at the end of service, there's an opportunity for prayer. And if you need prayer today, come up and, and, and receive prayer. But what happens, it's not like our church is this, that people form a single file line right here and wait for the pastor to pray for them. I completely destroyed a church like that one time, but that's another story. Um, you like the story? <laughs> not gonna, no, we don't have time. We're, it's too short. Look, we're already over. No, not going to do it fast. No. I'll tell it next week if you come back. <laughs> but what we do different here is we have what? We have a ministry team, right? We have a team of people that pray for you. And, and, and that team, the ministry team is open to everyone. Now, look, here's the thing. Yes, we want to know you. You can't come in off the street and pray. We want to, we want to get to know you a little bit first, right? And two, we, we'd like you, you, know, you to equip, be equipped. So we'd like you to go through a little bit of training. But... It's not, no one is kept from that. There's no restriction on who can be part of that team and who can get the training. It's open. You can be young. You can be old. There's no age restriction. There, there, it's not like Disneyland. There's no height restriction, no minimum height required. In fact, I have it on very good authority that Jesus loves short people. So whoever you are, you can be a part of that. You can participate in ministry. That's the point. Um, and, and to, to emphasize that point, I want to say this. There was a time in the history of our church here, <laughs> not so very, very long ago, um, when if someone needed prayer, somebody wanted prayer, really, to be honest, who they wanted to pray for them was some of the young teenage girls in our church. Because they were the ones that had the most juice. Uh, and frankly, when I needed prayer, I wanted them to pray for me. Go to the next slide, if you would. 
So that, that's right before my knee surgery. My knees were killing me. It was so, so much pain I could hardly walk. And at the end of service, they ran me down and said, hey, we want to pray for you. I didn't ask for prayer. They came to me. People wanted Rachel and Mercy and Rennie and Bree and Taylor. They wanted them to pray for them because they were the ones that, that were the most passionate about prayer at that, at that season. And I love that, man. I, I love that. Who, who, are the, who are the people that, you know, can pray the best in your church? Oh, well, it's those girls. Okay, I will tell you another story. <laughs> there was a time early in the life at the Anna Vineyard uh, where, where Donna and her friend Nancy were, or maybe it was her sister, I don't remember, one of those two girls. And they were like these guys. I, I don't know, I think they're like 12 or 13. I don't know how old they were. But this lady comes up for prayer, and they said, Can we pray for you? And she goes, well, I, I think I'll, I'll wait for someone else. And so she went over to Bob Fulton, who was our associate pastor at the time, and she said, hey, um, you know, these girls came over to pray for me, but I, I have kind of, a, you know, a lot of things happening, and I went through a divorce, and just, I, I just, could, is there somebody else who could pray for me? Bob said, well, gosh, I'm going to be honest. If those girls can't pray for you, we probably don't have anybody that can. <laughs> that's the heart of who we are. That's, that's who we are here. Let me say this, going back to the message a couple weeks ago, you can't really have a worthy walk. We talked about a worthy walk unless you're flowing and functioning in the gift God gives you. You, you, whoever you are, you have a role to play. In, in the Greek, that it, it really reads something like this, to each and every one. It's very definitive. No one is left out. To each and every one, grace has been given as a free gift. So, so now this is where I want you to really, this is important. So, so the way grace is given to everyone and the way that grace is expressed is different in everybody's life. We all get the same grace, goes in the same, comes out different. The gift you have, and this is really, really, really important. The gift you have is not separate from your salvation. The gift you have is how your salvation is packaged and expressed in the life of the church. So a worthy walk, when we say we want to have a worthy walk with Jesus, it really is the manifestation of the gift that you've been given. And that's why different people excel at different things. Some have the gift of hospitality. Some have the gift of generosity. Some have the gift of healing. Look, if they were all the same, it wouldn't work. If everybody had the gift of generosity, we'd have a pile of money, but nothing to do with it. If everybody had the gift of hospitality, things would be all warm and fuzzy, but nothing would get done. If, if, if everybody had the gift of healing, we'd all be healthy, but the place would be a mess. Do you understand that the gifts are expressions of the saving grace of God in your life? So, so God's grace saved me. And it's manifest in teaching, I hope. Uh, that's what my, my hope is that that's my gift. So that's what I do. My gift is not singing. I don't sing. I'm not loud. Um, but I'm so incredibly glad. I meant what I said about it. I'm, I'm so glad for those here that have that gift because their gift 
makes all of our worship experience richer and deeper. You see, Elsa has the gift of hospitality. And who gets blessed by that? We all do. We all do. Because she uses her gift that God's given her. And uh, so things are nice and comfortable and warm because we all have that. We all, we all get blessed by that. So let me say this, that it's not optional that you function in your gift. Without those things, the church isn't the church. Without everyone functioning in their gift, we're incomplete. We're a body that's missing parts. It doesn't work. Um, I, I've said before, we've said many times that there's no Lone Rangers in the kingdom of God. All the gifts flow together for the body to be complete and mature and whole, like Paul said in Ephesians. I've encountered people, I, I don't know how, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard this over the years. I love Jesus, I just don't like the church very much. And in the past, I've been kind of gracious and just said, oh, you know, well, God bless you. But I think what I'd say if I heard that today is, well, you know what, you're wrong. You're not walking a worthy walk because you don't have that option. And I would add this. You'll never be content. You're always going to be a little bit cranky because we're not designed that way. We need each other. We work together. That, that's how it's supposed to be. Second point is this. I'll try to wrap up. Uh, if you want to go to the next slide for me, Naomi. Everyone has a gift and everyone is a gift. Every one of you is a gift. Uh, uh, verse 7 says we have a gift. Verse 11, go one more slide. This is down verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets. Jesus gave these people, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Jesus gave gifts and their people. And you are a gift. You are a gift. He gave different people. So the gift is the person. You're a gift to the church. The person who has a gift, the person you've been, you've been given a gift and you are the gift. Your gift is a gift through you to the church. Each one of us is a gift to the church. We are, you are, all of us together are those very trophies that Jesus you know, descended and took back from the enemy. That's who we are. We're his kids. And, and it's like this, I, you know, in the, in the devil's hands, uh, I picture, I always picture Oliver Twist and, and those, those little street kids and they're all messy and their hair is messed up and they're dirty and their clothes are torn and they're hungry, you know, please uh, some more. Um, and then Jesus takes them back. And Jesus cleans them up and he, and he cuts their hair and he washes them and he gives them new clothes and he feeds them and he hugs them and loves them. And now look at them. Dang. They're so cute. I want to pinch their little cheeks. That's who you guys are. That's who we are. I'll pinch your cheeks. That, that whole thing confronts this idea, the whole consumer Christianity thing. 
you know, I like this worship over here, but I don't know. The teaching's not very good, so maybe I'll go over there. And Well, that church has donuts. You know, there's that. And so you, you've heard of that thing before where people kind of go church shopping. And look, I get it. You move into a new area. You want to find a church that you feel comfortable in. But I'm talking about just sort of consumer Christianity. Um, you know, and then you go, well, you know, and I'll give a little offering because I'm a consumer and you've got to pay for your goods, right? Um, if I don't like it here, I'll take my offering and I'll go over there. And um, this passage really just knocks that thing right off the map. We're not called to be consumers, we're the consumed. We don't buy the product, we are the product. We're the church, you're the church, this is the church. It is what we make it. If you guys want to come on back up, we're over, but let's just do it anyway. So we are the church. You guys are all the church. And all of us need each other. We need you to be complete. Without you, without you doing what you do, we're not complete. I need you guys. It's, it's a blessing. I need Naomi over there doing the slides. Because without it, my finger won't reach. I need these guys because I don't sing very good. I, I need the people that gather on Tuesday mornings to pray because we need to pray. I need uh, Elsa to set up the coffee in the back because I like coffee. Uh, we, we, we need each other. We are the church together. And when we exercise the gifts God's given us, we grow together to maturity and we're, we're more healthy and uh, a better expression of who Jesus is in the world around us. Okie dokie. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give. We'll see you next week.